I'm not a bastard. I have a father. I don't know about you. Each time you think about that, you know that there's somebody watching your back. Each time you remember you have a father, you know there's somebody that watches your back. There's somebody that talks on your behalf. When there's a need, there's somebody that provokes somebody. Oh yeah, go and bless my daughter. Go and bless my son. Go and be a blessing to you. When there's a problem, you see somebody just showing up and begin to fight for you, you don't know the person. Because you have a father. I want us to take our time and meditate on. Take your time this week and meditate on it. Jesus said, My father, your father. He was emphasizing it. My father, your father, which means my father is your father. Wow. The father of Jesus is my father. It's amazing. I want us to take time and meditate on it. I believe when we, if we can do that, mountains will be surmounted. Mountains will become flat before our eyes. In the name of Jesus. Because when you know you have a father, you can face anything. Praise the Lord. Yeah, um, we decided to um, do a kind of little shift from Barcelona laid foundation of um, grace last week. But during the week, I was thinking, and I told myself, until you understand righteousness, you can't, you, what is grace? Grace is abundance. Jesus gave himself, um, I think in 2 Corinthians 1.20, he said, for all the promises of God, in Christ Jesus, they are A and Amen. So the day we accepted Jesus, God in accepted, accepting Jesus gave us everything. But until you, you understand righteousness, you won't be able to um, take advantage of what God has already provided. He said, for God has not given us the spirit of the world. He has given us his own spirit that we may know all the things that are being freely given to us. God, by his divine nature, has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So many scriptures to show that we have more than enough. But where are those things? Those things, they come under grace. The abundance of grace. But until we understand righteousness, he said, for those that will, for those that will accept, uh, for those that will receive the abundance of grace, will reign through righteousness. So I want to start looking at righteousness. This morning, I, for now, I want us to really be grounded in righteousness. In the book of Isaiah 54, Isaiah was speaking by the Spirit of God. He said, uh, ye, shall be, ye shall be established in righteousness then oppression will be far from you. Which means until you are established in righteousness, oppression, oppression will just be, God forbid. To be established in righteousness is to be, you, your eyes are open, your eyes of understanding is open to what righteousness is. Then the devil will run away from you. So, I'll start today 
Righteousness is a key of the gospel. I want us to look at Romans, Romans chapter 1. I think verse 17. Romans 1 17. Romans 1 17. From 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, please, I need another translation. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We need the revelation of God's righteousness to be able to reign in life. Until we understand what righteousness is, we can never reign. We have to understand what righteousness is. And most times we tell, we, we tell ourselves that righteousness is the ability to come before God without any conscience of sin. Some will tell you it's the right standing before God. And I tell you it's the right standing before God. Praise the Lord. And I tell myself, my own is, I was thinking about that, I told my, but okay, righteousness can be likened to rightness. You are right. Being right is righteousness. Being right is righteousness. God is forever right. Mary Magdalene, I want to give an illustration here. Mary Magdalene, she was, people saw her as a loose lady. As a lady that, so people say she was a prostitute. She spends her time in club and all that. But Jesus saw a woman that would be the first to see Jesus in restoration. Jesus saw a woman that would, that would minister to him, that would minister to his ministry greatly. But people of the world, they saw her differently. Here I'm looking at God being right. God is right. When God looks at a black object and says this black object is white, the physical eyes will be seen white, will be seen black. But God says that black object is white. Wait and see. Before you know what is happening, that black object will turn to white. Everybody will say, ah, God said it too. God is right. Praise the Lord. God forever is right. Amen. Righteousness. Does anyone in the does anyone in have another okay? I said TPTRB. Please can you 
understand. So I am trained to preach that anyone who believes is saved in Jesus Christ. And then even everywhere. And in this gospel, unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness, the perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. And it moves us from the sinning life through faith to the power of living by faith. This is what it is for me when he says we are right with God through life giving faith. We are right with God. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Righteousness is a nature of God. God can never be wrong. He has never been wrong. Righteousness is who God is. It's the ability to be right all the time. You are right all the time. God is right all the time. Righteousness is right standing. Right standing with God. Right standing. Praise the Lord. Righteousness. Does anybody have a different opinion of righteousness or definition of righteousness? You're in school. Like I told you, to me, righteousness, to me, righteousness is being right. You're right. You can never be wrong. God is forever right. And God decided to give us that nature of rightness. We are forever right. Before God, we are right. Before the devil, we are right. Before men, I don't know. But I tell you, the devil sees you right. But he wants you to think you're wrong. The devil knows the truth about your nature. Righteousness is the nature of God. It's who God is. God can never lie. Just like you can beat your chest and say, God can never lie. So you can say, God can never go wrong. Praise the Lord. Righteousness is the nature of God and is who we are. And I read a definition of righteousness somewhere. It said, the state of him who is as he ought to be. When you are the way you ought to be, right standing. Praise the Lord. As I was looking at this topic, what came to my heart was, why are we struggling in that area? Righteousness, again, is the perfect holiness of Christ. Praise the Lord. Righteousness is the perfect holiness of Christ. Is the only living standard that is acceptable for us to stand before the Father. Is the only living standard that is acceptable for us to stand before the Father. That's righteousness. Praise the Lord. Righteousness is not does not produce holiness. Righteous, sorry, our works, righteousness produces holiness. Righteousness produces right behavior. Right behavior does not produce righteousness. Amen? Right behavior, right works, 
my right conduct does not produce righteousness. Rather, righteousness produces all those things. Produces holiness. Pro, uh, rather, righteousness produces um, right works, right behavior. Ephesians 4. Holy Spirit, you're my helper, you're my teacher. Ephesians 4, 24 says, And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So we are created after our Father. Like, a, like people will tell you, a dog will give birth to a dog. A goat, goat will give birth to goats. When you, when you get, when you see a mango tree, what will you see there is mango fruits. So God created us after him in righteousness and true holiness. So righteousness is not what we work for. It's, what, it's a gift. What God gave to us. God created us like that. It's a gift. God chose, God chose rather to create us like himself. Righteousness is who we are. Righteousness is the ability to stand. If you can stand before God, then you can stand before the devil and tell, and, and you will not be afraid. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want us to go to um, Second Corinthians and see how we got this righteousness. Second Corinthians five twenty one. For he had made him to be seen for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we're made the righteousness of God. God made us righteous. We're created righteous. God created the new man righteous. In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 61 was saying something like, our righteousness. No, this is not our righteousness. Let's look at Romans 10. This is God's own righteousness. Romans 10. Brethren, from verse 1, brethren, my heart desire, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. The righteousness we are talking this morning, there are two types of righteousness, God's righteousness and man's righteousness. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. There are two, righteous, two types of righteousness. Man's righteousness, which came as a result of keeping the law, keeping the Ten Commandments. 
before this dispensation, you have to do some things to be righteous, to be holy. But in this dispensation, you don't do anything. The only okay, the only thing you need to do is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. That's the only thing we need to do. So it was hard for the people of old to switch over to this kind of righteousness. Because they have believed in keeping the laws. The Pharisees. They believe in keeping the Ten Commandments. You have to do this. You have to do this to be blessed. You have to do this. You have to do that. But then, the, the Holy Spirit revealed a new type of righteousness to Apostle Paul. Which is God's own righteousness. He revealed to Apostle Paul that the day you give your life to Christ, you are made righteous. The day we give our life to Christ, we are made like God. He said, for you put on the new man that we read in Ephesians 4.24, you put on the new man that is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. We are created after God in righteousness and true holiness. I want to say this, but we know these things now. Then how, how come we are struggling with it? How come we are struggling with it? A righteous man is a man that is created like God. We are like God. And indeed, as we are, I don't want to say if we are like God. Indeed, as we are like God, sickness is not supposed to prosper on us. There's a scripture where, um, um, is it Isaiah was saying something. He said, for the words I speak have, for these words have gone out in righteousness. God sees his words righteous. And God believes any word that goes out in righteousness cannot come back void. So when we speak, when we declare, we believe that these words have gone forth in righteousness. In righteousness, you can't, sin cannot touch defy righteousness. The devil cannot touch righteousness. So when I pray, nothing can stop my prayers. Because the words that come out of my mouth have gone out in righteousness. Because the vessel through which these words go forth is righteous. Praise the Lord. So I know I am righteous. I am clean. So every word that comes out of me is clean. That's what I mean. So I know those, these words that come out of me are righteous and they will not return back to me void. Because the devil cannot touch righteousness. If sickness touches righteousness, sickness will bow. It happened now. When the woman with the issue of blood touched the robe of Jesus, what that woman touched was not the, was not the physical cloth. What she touched that day was the righteousness of Jesus. What that woman touched was the righteousness of Jesus. And so the, 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 the flow ceased. Sickness cannot touch righteousness and remain. The devil is scared of righteousness. 
when you talk about righteousness, you are talking about who God the Most High is. Yes, we hear these things. But why are we not reigning? For us to reign, we must understand and allow our soul to accept these things. Praise the Lord. I, when I was going to take this topic, I told myself, I think I should talk about the mind first. That it took time and taught us about the mind in our blood then. One day I was meditating on Matthew 6. And there and there, the Holy Spirit opened my understanding. Let me share something with you that the Holy Spirit showed me. He told me, Do you know why the birds have so much faith in God? Do you know why the Reverend has so much faith in God? That Jesus has to tell a man that is created in his own image to go and learn from the birds. And I was listening. He told me, it's because the birds were not um, corrupted. The birds, every bird you see is the way God created it from creation. Every bird you see, the only thing that was corrupted was man. And what, what was corrupted in man was the mind of man. That was why God told, told, uh, told Adam, don't eat Adam else, you begin to waver. Today you believe, tomorrow you don't believe, tomorrow you don't believe, today you believe. James said, such a mind, such being can never receive from God. Because I was wondering, the Reverend Christ wants We'll go and rest. I know he has helped me. And I know my food should be ready in the next 30 minutes. And through the next thing, immediately the Reverend Christ wants, he will go and rest. Do we cry once and rest? No. When I talk about cry, I mean, do we call on God once and go and say, I know he has had me. I know he has had me. Because the, the mind has been corrupted. The mind has been corrupted. God did not, God wanted, God created man in true holiness. God created man to be like him. That's why in Christ Jesus, okay, let me finish. And as I was listening, he told me that is the only problem that man has, the mind. Like today, we don't have sin problem anymore. If you are still believing that you have sin problem, you don't understand who you are. We don't have sin problem anymore. Problem is no longer our sin. Our problem, sin is no longer our problem, brother. The problem of man is the issue of belief. And the issue of belief is the issue of the mind. Paul said, for, in, for uh, with the heart, man does what? Believes. Unto what? Righteousness. The mind, the devil went into the mind of man, of Adam and Eve, perverted it. 
That's all he wanted to do. And then immediately did that. And he said, it's like what you're saying is true. It's like what you're saying is true. Her belief changed. She no longer focused on God and God alone. Began to believe something else. The same way we believe what is happening to our body. We say, ah, it's like my body. I know when my body does like this, this is this. That's a belief. I know once my feet are hot, under my feet is hot, it's typhoid. That's a belief. Show me here where they say when feet is hot, it's typhoid. Praise the Lord. His belief. He perverted man's belief. So man no longer focuses his belief on God and God alone. Man be, be, began to believe something else. That's the issue. Between the birds and man. The birds, they believe God. They are focused on God right from creation remains. That's why the reverend can cry and go and sit down. Jesus will go and learn from them. But then God in righteousness, in his righteousness, decided to give us the mind of Christ. Decided to give us a sound mind. You people don't understand that thing. When he said, for you have a sound mind. A sound mind is a mind that believes God and believes him. It's a mind that cries, calls on God and goes to sleep and goes to sit and wait for the manifestation. Knowing that nothing can stop that thing has told God from manifesting. A sound mind. The mind of Christ. And God in righteousness, I'm, I'm, rather, I'm not going more than this because everyone that is going to come up on a school of wisdom, we are going to take righteousness bit by bit, bit by bit until it sink into us. Then by the time we are going to the main book we are supposed to take for this year, you see, as you are going into it, you are receiving. I mean, things are just happening in your life. Things are just happening in your life. Still, praise the Lord. Have you not heard that the word of God is quick and powerful? Why is the word of God in your mouth not quick and powerful? It's quick and powerful. The word of God can never be less than that. But what is happening? Because the mind has been perverted to believe who he is. We are righteous. The word in our mouth cannot go out in righteousness and come back void. Oh my God. Where righteousness is moving, it's moving in the speed of light. Because righteousness is who God is. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Your prayer, when you open your mouth to pray, your prayer moves faster than light. Because your prayer is moving in righteousness. Praise the Lord. Amen. He told Ezekiel, he said, don't worry. Discipline, after telling Ezekiel, see who discipline are, see them, see them. He said, but I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give them a new heart. I'm going to remove that heart that does not, that is not wobbling like this and put a new heart in them. I'm going to remove that spirit and put a new spirit in them. So as you're seated here, if you're born again, you have the mind of Christ. You're seated here, you have a sound mind. Because that is the only mind that can believe in this righteousness we are talking. Praise the Lord. So every day you wake up, what makes every day you wake up and tell yourself, no wonder, I read a book. And the man of God says, he realized that the only way he can reign 
is to understand righteousness. Is to allow it sink into his subconscious. And so before he climbs out of bed every day, he would declare, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus 50 times. He said he was doing that every day. Was he doing it for somebody else? No, he was doing it for himself. Until his belief system, because it's a thing of the mind, began to change. The subconscious started to grab this thing. The soul began to prosper. And then the soul believed that indeed he is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And things begin to began to happen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The mind. I'm running on with that. The mind. How do you work on your mind? Because this year we we are talking about we didn't say great exploit too. We are not talking about great exploits. We are talking about greater exploits. That was why I had to tell that they said we are talking about grace. For us to benefit from this grace. We must deal with some things. We must deal with because we had to raise through righteousness. And as I was looking at righteousness, the Holy Spirit began to show me the mind. He said, The mind, the mind has not accepted that this new creature is righteous. The day the mind accepts that the new creature is indeed righteous, I'll look up and I say, I have a father. And when I say I have a father, I mean it. And things just begin to happen. It says in Psalm 2, it says, Ask me for the nations, and I'll give you for an inheritance. That word looks big, but to the righteous, it's not because it's a righteous inheritance. That's our heritage. No weapon from a person against me shall prosper. It's our heritage. We don't pray for it. It's what we inherited from our father. Righteousness is what we inherited. Praise the Lord. It's our inheritance. You don't pray for your inheritance. You appreciate your inheritance. You claim your inheritance. You don't pray for it. We claim it. It belongs to us. It's what we inherited. It's what the father out of love gave to us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, say I have a sound mind. Say I have the mind of Christ. I said a word here yesterday. I said, somebody is giving you a letter. That you should leave the house of your father. Somebody is giving, is giving you a letter to quit from your father's house. Uh-uh. It's not possible now. It's your father's house. It's her father's house. You don't give me a letter to quit our father's house. Oh, does somebody hear me? Oh, yes, that's the truth. There are some things when you're, when you're looking at who you are in Christ. There are some things you come to understand and nobody will intimidate you. It's like telling her, it's your father and my father's house. You can't give me quick notice. Don't leave my father. Don't leave our father's house. Because here we are doing our father's business. Amen? Oh, we are doing our father's business. It's our father, it's my father. 
You don't give me letter to quit our father's house. And she will look at you like this and say, I don't understand. My lawyers will get back to you. Okay, bring your the lawyer comes and you a believer. Yes, it's your father, it's my father. This is our father's house. You cannot give me letter to quit him. Anyway, understanding will slap them on the face. And, and the, do you know you can slap someone and the person will come back to his senses and they will come back to their senses? God is helping us. The owner of this ministry is helping us to get to understand some things so that we can reign. White House is not like any other church. White House is where kingdom ambassadors are raised, not by mouth. It's where you can stand and say, I have a father indeed. Oh, when Pastor Loretta raised that song, I say, God, Jesus told them, my father, your father, if you don't know that my father is your father, better know it. And he got to a point in the book of John chapter 12, he said, 12 16, he said and our father loves you the same way he loves me. Wow! Wow! Really? So God loves me the same way He loved Jesus. Huh? So why should I be afraid? Why should I be intimidated? And the worst thing it now happens that your landlady or landlord is a an unbeliever. You look at him and say, Hey God, how can I uncircumcised, bloody uncircumcised Philistines intimidate me? Oh, you cannot intimidate me. Praise the Lord. Do we have uh, questions? Do we have comments? Do we have questions? Do we have comments? The Bible says, and the righteous, they are bold like a lion. There are some things you understand. Unusual boldness will rise up in you. And you don't care. Because you know you are in right standing with God. Amen. Because you know you are in right standing with him. That, 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 that you need to be in right standing with. Oh my God. We walk in grace, we grow in grace. I love the man Shamba. He wanted to rent a place. He was using the place and they came up and said they needed to pay for that place. They need to rent out that place. He didn't have money. He didn't have a time to drop. And I pray the Holy Spirit will remind me this thing. But the thing is that he told them that he was going to buy it. He didn't say he was going to rent it. They want to rent it. He can rent it. But before you know it, some people came and saw that that place was very beautiful. Which I think there are some people that are eyeing this place and say this place is beautiful. We can give uh, 3 million. And her heart gets carried away. And then they came and saw that that tent he was using for his program to say that it was very good. They want to buy it. And he told them that, that he will buy it. They say, you, how much? They ask you, what you pay? He said, for now, he doesn't have the money, but he will pay. They look at him. He went round that property. <laughs> he went round that property and took the property. Told them he will pay. They called me, told them, I say I will pay. The money is not ready yet. He was not intimidated. Do you know what fear does? Fear makes your enemy to come up, to be on top of you. Fear puts you 
puts your enemies on top of the game. He told them, I said, I will buy. I don't have the money now, but I'll buy this property. And they went. The bonus alone, when they wanted to come to intimidate him, they could not intimidate him. And at the end of the day, the God, his God, did not put him to shame. Praise the Lord. The money came. I, I pray I will see, I will get that story again. And he bought that property. Praise the Lord. He bought it and they didn't believe he can. They issued, do you know why? They didn't believe he can buy that property. Especially when he told them that he doesn't have the money now. Oh yeah, come off a road, make a devil say, but he said, I'll not come off a road. I'll buy this property. Praise the Lord. Do we have comments? Do we have seven minutes? Do we have comments? Do we have questions? Okay, in the absence of no question, no comments, we bless God. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you so, so much. Indeed, the gospel of grace is a gospel of boldness. That's why I say you have not given us a spirit of fear, but that of uh, boldness and of a sound mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit, the owner of this ministry. Thank you so much for today. Thank you for opening our eyes that even as we live here today, help us to begin to dig into this word righteousness. And as we dig into it, thank you for opening our eyes of understanding to really know who you have made us to be. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Shint of Peace. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, if you want to clap, clap for God. Before the praise. Hallelujah. Let me look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, by the grace of God, I'm dominating. I'm doing exploits. This year, 2021, is my year of greater exploits. To believe, shout in there. Say, neighbor, every day, in every way, I'm getting better. And the devil has failed. Hallelujah. Glory. May the seated God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. The one thousand man choir is doing the exploits. Before I go straight to the business we have this morning, um, I'd like to present our head usher to you, Brother Jubri. Hallelujah. Come on, give God praise here. It's a new year of exploits. And so we have to begin to adjust things. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. So today we'll be talking about 
doing exploits part two, which is the theme of the year. Amen? Doing exploits part two. Our theme scripture says that those who know their God will do what? So it takes the knowing of your God to rot exploits. Praise the Lord. You need to know the God that you serve to accomplish great things in life as a believer. And that's what we're going to swallow this year and that's why we have already started doing exploits. You cannot be in this assembly this year and not do exploits. Praise the Lord. Knowing your God in what way? That's my duty. We already agreed that for you to do exploits, you have to know your God. But our own duty as the ministers is now to teach you what to mean by knowing your God. How do you know your God? What is it to know your God? Because when you know your God, you will perform with confidence, with boldness, and grace will get you. And last week we said one of the ways of knowing our God is to know that God is our Father and that He loves us. Now, if you find somebody that loves you, you will trust the person that he will do something for you if you ask him. Praise the Lord. And our God has everything that we need. And is more than willing to bless us with them. Praise the Lord. Amen, somebody. And the second thing we talked about last week is that our God is a sovereign God. A sovereign God, meaning a God that is above all gods and all things in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and anywhere. And if such person is your God and he loves you, would you have confidence in him? Would you be afraid of achieving something? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, so this morning, we are going to look at the number three. And that is God's mightiness. God's mightiness. That our God is mighty. Praise the Lord. Amen. The mightiness of God cannot be measured. It's immeasurable. The mightiness of God cannot be described with words. We don't have enough words to describe 
the mighty names of our God. Praise the Lord. And the scripture says, Our God is mighty in battle. Praise the Lord. It amazes you that God is excited when there is a battle to fight. Praise the Lord. God is excited when there is a battle to fight. And he does it so easily, expressly, and gloriously. So when you are faced with the battle of life, don't worry. Praise the Lord. When you have challenge this year, don't worry. Only remember that you serve a God that is mighty. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I have to be a very, 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 very um, brisk to follow the time. What I'm going to do this morning a simple way is to give us a classical example of a man who did exploits. Praise the Lord. A man who actually did greater exploits. And how did he do it? So we learn from him. And we employ it this year. And each and every one of us will give testimony of greater exploits. Praise the Lord. So one of such people who did exploits in the Bible is King David. He did extra exploits, so much so that the people sang a song the Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousand. Praise the Lord. Saul has slain his thousand but David his ten thousand. What we are saying is that Saul has done excellence. But David has done greater exploits. Praise the Lord. You will do greater exploits this year. You will do greater exploits this year. In the name of Jesus. Open your Bible to the book of First Samuel 17. First Samuel 17. Hallelujah. Before we begin to read the scripture life, I'd like to let you know that when David appeared in the battle between the Israelites and the Philistines, Everybody saw him as a small boy. 
praise the Lord. He was small in age, he was small in stature, and he was he was inexperienced in battle. He has not fought battle before. Praise the Lord. And so everybody looks down on him. So listen to me. Doing exploits is not about your size. If you are going to do exploits this year, don't look at your size. It's not about your age. It's not about your academic laurels. Praise the Lord. It's just going to be that you know your God. Praise the Lord. So David knew his God very well. Hallelujah. And he capitalized on it. We cannot read the whole chapter of 17. But we're going to be reading selective verses to explain what gave David an edge over his enemy. Amen? Verse 26. Verse 26. You are there, you can reach for us. David asked, David asked the men who were near him, What will the man get who kills this Philistine and frees Israel from this disgrace? After all, who is this hurting Philistine to defy the army of the living God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, a battle line was drawn for 40 days between the Israelites and the Philistines. And a man called Goliath, who had a long history of experience in war, he was a giant. He had everything in extra. And he came out and said, Look, and you bring people and bring somebody from your, to your midst and to fight me. And if he defeats me, okay, then we serve you. But if I defeat him, then you will serve us. Praise the Lord. And, he, and all the Israelites were cowed. They were afraid. Because they were looking at the person of Goliath and themselves. Praise the Lord. They were looking at Goliath and see his size, and see how much exploit he has done in battle. And then they were looking at themselves, and they said they are finished. Praise the Lord. But David just went there by chance to give food to his brothers who were among the armies of Israel. And right there, and then he heard the man talking again. The man was abusing. Visualize as if they don't have God. And when David heard that, he said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? 
It's abusing the armies of the living God. Praise the Lord. Hear me? He said, it's not just, it's not that David was so angered because the man abused the army. Praise the Lord. He was angered because the man abused the army of the living God. Praise the Lord. Now, he knew the living God. Hello? He knew he was not serving a God that you can carry with hands. He was not serving a God that was made with hands. He was not serving a God that cannot hear. He was not serving a God that cannot see. Say, who is this idiot? Abusing the army that belong to who? The living God. David knew the God he was serving. Praise the Lord. I'd like to announce to you that we have a living God. We serve a living God. A God that you don't really need to talk to before he knows what you want. A God that knows the next step you are going to take before you move. A God that knows those who are gathering against you right now and he has already planned to scatter them. A God that finishes battle before he starts. Hello. That is the God we serve. And this year, 2021, he will appear for you. As they gather, he will scatter them. He will destroy the wicked ones. He will disgrace them. Those members of your household that gathering the grace of God will disgrace them. Amen. This year, in the name of Jesus. He said, The enemies of a man are members of his household. So he knows them. Tap your number, say the bomb. Don't worry. God knows them. And he knows how to deal with them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we are serving a living God. Number two, that made David to do greater exploits than Saul is verse 32. Verse 32. He said, Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of this man. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No one does something great in life with a mind of fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. And as faith moves God, fear moves the devil. Fear gives devil power. While you are afraid of the devil, you are giving him more power over you. 
For the day you know how to stand in boldness and confidence, your enemy will fall before you. So in this battle, David was not afraid. Everybody was afraid, including the king, King Saul himself. So and David did not even say, ah, everybody is afraid, even the king was afraid. He refused to entertain fear because he knew his God. Praise the Lord. He knew as he goes to the battle, the victory was already won. He knew it was just an instrument. You listen to me this year. No matter what the devil brings to you, no matter how they try to terrify you, whether in the physical or in the spiritual, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. No matter how serious the issue may be, the more serious it is, the stronger you should be in the spirit. Praise the Lord. God likes fighting strong battles. Because strong battles are easier for him. Praise the Lord. That is why if you strike a match here now where there is light, you will not see it. You will not see the effect. Will you? Praise the Lord. But when you strike a match in the night, you know, the thicker the blanket of the night, they shatter the light. Praise the Lord. So God does signs and wonders in situations that seems impossible to men because He is God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are just things that appear real, but they are not real. Do not be afraid. I tell you, if you live here today, in this year 2021, do not be afraid. In your office, let your let your boss threaten you with whatever he has. Don't be afraid. In your business, let the contractor, whatever the customers or whatever it is that faces you, don't be afraid. You may have a dream, whatever dream it is, it may be. Don't be afraid. Praise the Lord. When things seem to be rough. Don't be afraid. Because the God that you serve is more than able. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to shake somebody here. If you have ever entertained here before because of anything, stop it. This is the year of confidence. This is, it is the year of our faith. It is the year that we do extra exploits by daring people. Face the challenge in the face. Stand to the challenge with all confidence. It will bow before you. So that was David did. David confidently told the king, no, don't worry, I will go and fight this man and I will beat him. He didn't say, I will go and fight this man and stop there. He declared that he will be the winner. Hello? Hello, somebody. For God is on your side. And the Bible says, If God be with me, who can be against me? I want to assure you that this year, 
that God is for you. God is for you. Hear not. Hear not. God is for you. If God be with you, who can be against you? standing with Jehoshaphat. Can you imagine a battle was people, three nations, gathered to fight Jehoshaphat. And initially, he was not like a man now. He was afraid. And all of a sudden, he realized that he has a God that he served that does not fail. And he took the, he took the matter to God. God said, hey, go and celebrate. Can you imagine Three nations with their large army, you small nation, they brought their army, they, 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 they drew a line of battle, and then you want to, normally, if you want to counter your enemy, you will send your commandos, you send your secret agents to go and find out how they are doing or whatever, and you will go secretly so that they don't know where you are. But Jehoshaphat appointed Brahita. They appointed uh, uh, Sister Blessing. They appointed uh, oh, uh, Miriam. I said, you go out there and begin to sing to the Lord. Hello? Hi. But in the recent, that is suicidal. Praise the Lord. Eh? They should go and with their band. Oh yeah, you, you uh, Play the piano on the, the keyboard, blah blah blah. They went, they, they started singing and praising God. People that should be hiding so that the enemy will not know where they are, they were singing. They were singing. And Jehoshaphat had the opportunity, the privilege to do that because he knew his God. Hallelujah. The battle of life is not the one in the physical, it's the spiritual battle. And it should be handled spiritually. And as they were singing, they started, before they even got to the place, they saw all the three signs. Angels have come to slaughter all of them. This year, as the enemy is preparing against him, they are preparing their own graves. This year, God is your battle axe. He has gone before you, He has gone to fight for you. He will give you victory more than victory. Amen. If you believe, shout a big amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Somebody say greater exploits. Let's read from 33 to 35. 1 Samuel 33, no, 34 rather. 34 to 34. And see the other thing that David did. 34, it says, But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from his mouth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When David volunteered to face Goliath, King Saul was trying to talk him down. So look, don't go and kill yourself. This man is experienced in battle. 
this far are you, you are not in the same level. Saul was looking at the man and looking at David. Praise the Lord. He didn't know that David, that is something mighty in this David. That David you were seeing is not the ordinary David. He was carrying God in him. Praise the Lord. And then God, if, see, David said, okay, maybe you don't know, my king. When I was in the farm, so a lion came to take one of the sheep. He said, I went after the lion, I tore it apart with my bare hands. He said, bear came. I did the same thing. Praise the Lord. And he said, I didn't do it by my power. I do it, or I did it, praise the Lord, by the grace of God that I serve. He said, my king, I have a living God that gives me victory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This year, for you to do exploits, you must look back at a point when God did something for you. So when you are facing a problem, remember that you have faced a problem before and God delivered you. And that God is still on the throne. Concerning this matter, God that gave you victory yesterday, He is still on the throne. He will still give you victory over this one. Because it's a God that is mighty in battle. Praise the Lord. And look at what He said. He said, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamp from his mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its bed and struck it and killed it. Hallelujah. He said, your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, I have, I have fought a battle. God has shown himself in my life before. And as long as that God is on the throne, he will show himself again. God does not get tired in blessing his children. God does not get tired in, in protecting his people. And his protection over you is not by your performance. So don't, don't disqualify yourself by looking at yourself and saying that I am not holy enough or I am not uh, 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 working right enough. It is not about, God is not about your performance. God does his protection over you because he is your God and he sees it as his own prerogative to save you. Praise the Lord. That's why the Bible says that even when we are yet sinners, God died for us. 
Even when we are yet sinners, before Jesus came, we were sinners. When he died, we now say that when we believe what he died for, he will be saved. Is it now that you confess Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior that he will now kill you? Even when you didn't know him, he saved you. Some of us, before we became believers, we went to the, I, I remember thinking this. Circumstances where God saved me, practically, I was not a Christian. I had not been born again. Praise the Lord. Because our God is one that knows the, the, the ending from the beginning. He knew I am going to be born again. And he knew I'm going to stand here today and preach. So he saved me. Praise the Lord. Our God is faithful. Our God is dependable. Our God is awesome. Our God is mighty. If you believe that is your God, lift your hand and shout Amen. Amen. Greater exports. Amen. Test the hearts of gratitude and appreciation to do exploits. David was showing appreciation of what God had done for him in the past. No matter how little you think it is, if God has healed you of headache before, do you know that headache has killed some people? Praise the Lord. Hello? Headache. You know that people, some people have died because of just a pain in the finger. Eh? Many have died because they just hit their legs on a stone. But you have done it. You didn't die. You have suffered headache severally. You didn't die. You have suffered summer. You didn't die. Who did it for you? God. If God did that, He will do this one. Now let me give you understanding. You don't look at the mightiness of the challenge before you to determine God's capacity. Hello? What it takes God to heal you of headache, the same effort he needs to wake a man from the dead. What it takes God to heal somebody of just a scratch, itchy, the same capacity God needs to heal a man of fiber. Or to heal a man of cancer, or to heal a man of whatever problem. Praise the Lord. For God is this nothing. It is just the same button. But it is you and I that, that, that draw difference. Oh, this one is small. Okay, if you if, if can tell somebody here now, as you live here now, on the road, somebody will dash you. Before you get to somebody will dash you 1,000. You, you will likely believe. Oh, okay. Okay, that could be somebody. Of course. Because you are looking at the 1,000, it's small. Praise the Lord. But if I said, if you live here before you get home, somebody will give you a hundred K. And we look at me and say, 
100k. You are looking at 100k. But God, what it takes God to give you 1,000 naira, the same thing it takes Him to give you 100k. But because you are using your own mind to draw the reference, you will not be able to believe, to exercise the faith that will bring that 100,000. There is nothing impossible for God. The Bible says to man, it is impossible. For for God, all things are possible. And for God is saying, look, I was explaining to them when I went to a church, Ghana church, to, to preach a little Jordanian. I was explaining to them, when God said to man, it is impossible, to God, all things are possible. He was saying that you who believes in God, you have God in you. That if you have that faith of God in you, there is nothing impossible to you. It is not that he say to God who is seated in heaven or whatever. No. When he says to man, it is what he says that to man, that is those who don't know God. The, the interpretation of that system that those who don't know God, they may, yeah, they may fail in the assignment. But for you who knows God, for you who know God, God in you will make things possible. Whatever you choose to do, you will do it. Whatever battle you face, you will win. Praise the Lord. Someone said, there is God in me. It's making me to triumph. It's, it's making me to, to succeed. It's giving me victory over the battles of life. This year, 2021, that same God will fight for me. Will give me all the victory I need for celebration to celebration. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Verse 36 to 37. So another thing that God uh, that David did that gave David edge over his people. That is, it says, Are we there? So your servant has killed both lion, bear, and this circumstance, circumcised Palestine will be like one of them, okay? See, he has defied the armies of the living God. Then 737 says, Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of his Philistine. And Saul said to him, Go, and the Lord be with you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, Saul was now convinced that this boy has not come in himself. David was able to demonstrate to the king that, look, I am not just here as the small boy. I have the mighty God in me. That is singing the praises of God. Praise the Lord. So, that step is singing the praises of who God is. 
when you are faced with problem this year, what you do instead of lamenting, instead of complaining, instead of entertaining fear, begin to rejoice. Rejoice over the challenge. Rejoice over the problem. Rejoice over the battle. As you rejoice, the victory is surely for you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give God praise. When the devil thinks you should be crying. Give God praise. When the devil thinks you should be complaining. Those who complain never get there. The more you complain, the more you go down. Instead of complaining, rejoice. Thank God for his maintenance. Thank God for his faithfulness. Thank God for his divine love. Celebrate him. Call him the names that are given him. He's a mighty God. He's a glorious soul. He's the creator of heaven and the earth. He's the beginning and the ending. He's awesome. He's wonderful. He's glorious. He's dependable. He's desirable. And he's the Alpha and Omega. The Rose of Sharon. Hallelujah. The light in the darkness. The lily of the valley is our God. Can I have a witness to Amen? Praise the Lord. Step number five that will help you to do greater exploit this year is 38, verse 38 to 40. Verse 38 to 40. And it says, So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to the armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And 40. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And a porch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Praise the Lord. So number five is that you will do explore this year only when you do not depend or rely on man. Whatever is going to be the challenge, some of us will go and the pain of it are going for an interview. He said, because I have a friend there. Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm going to get a job. I'm starting work next month. He has not even done interview in God because you know he has a brother who is a minister. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, get David 
his war armor, his, his battle clothing, gave it to David. After he had been convinced that David is not just ordinary, it's like there's something in him. Okay, wanted to support him. Praise the Lord. He gave David everything that he personally wears to battle. But when David put it on, David said, No, I can't walk with this. Praise the Lord. And he said, he said Ogan, please, just let me go. Don't worry about your support. I don't need your support. Praise the Lord. If you must do greater exploit this year, do not depend on man. Whatever you are going to do, don't depend on depend only on who? God. God to that distance with God-minded person. As a God-minded person. Praise the Lord. Face that challenge as a God-minded person. Don't look at any man as your source. No man is a source. Some of us deny us of heavenly blessings when we depend on men. And so God will wait. Okay, let me see what a man can do. A man can always disappoint you. But God never disappoints. Those who put their trust in God will surely do excellent. This year, 2021, I beseech you to depend on God and God alone. And I can assure you, you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. You will come back with testimony of His goodness. No one depends on God and remain the same. Praise the Lord. Amen, somebody. Then, I will round up with this. He said, when he refused to put on the armor of the king, he went to go and pick smooth, the Bible says, smooth stones from the brook. Praise the Lord. Smooth stones from the brook. Remains, brook is a, a, a source of a spring of water. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you know, you know, when water is flowing and there are stones, the flow of the water makes the stone over time to rub upon themselves. And over time, they will become smooth. Praise the Lord. Hello. What made the stone smooth was the rush and the flow of the water over time. But David picked five. The Bible said he picked what? Five. And he took one out of the five. And that was what did the exploit. Now, what does that mean? The brook is water. And the spiritual water means the word of God. The stone represents the power of the word. 
Praise the Lord. When you speak the word of God, you have released a soul that the enemy cannot stand. One word of God is enough to turn your life around. David only picked one stone out of the fire. The fire represents the grace of God upon man. Because fire is the number of grace. So with the grace of God, I use faithfully speak the word of God to that challenge this year. It will give way. It cannot stand. No power can stand against the word of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Say subdue and bring down everything that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. If you must survive this year, you have to use the word of God. You have to vocalize it. That's why the Bible says you can only survive by the word of God that we speak. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'd like you to take your scripture, your Bible. Anytime you have a challenge, look for the word that is supposed to answer that challenge and declare it faithfully. And victory is for you. I say victory is for you. Amen. If you believe something of it, I give your praise. Because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you glory.